0: In the race of the year, for horse of the year, it's Curlin in an absolutely stylish
1: performance. Sunday Silence holds on and he wins by a desperate neck. Easy Goer was too late. This
2: is unbelievable. Zenyatta.
3: California Chrome. Arrowgate still coming. California Chrome. A triple crown winner! A Breeders' Cup winner! A horse of a lifetime!
1: American What 20 colors is there! Burt listen A dramatic finish! And here is the wire! And it is! Burt the there! they the park! It's Behalder!
4: What's up, everybody? Happy End of Breeders Cup Friday! This is another special edition of Blinkers Off. I am Curtis Magic Kellerwood here with the guys, Aaron and Jared. Also joining us tonight, we've got Ricky the Rocket Man Pasternak and Ryan Stillman back again to join us, gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Happy Breeders Cup Friday! How are you doing?
0: What's up? It's good to be here. Uh, you know, we had to. We're here, and this this guy, you can see my look at that. Whoa! That's, that's pretty cool. Now go back over. <laughs> go back over. Oh Whoa, that, that, that guy. Uh, that's trippy. Uh no, we're at, we're here in Lexington. Uh we're yeah. just a couple miles from the track right now. And so uh we were there today. It was it was a great day. Um it was fun. It was the first live race that I've seen since the Pegasus. Um so you know, it and, and the, it kind of was slower, obviously. You know, the, the card underneath the, the BC was a little bit lighter, fun, but lighter. Then when you, when you got to see Golden Pal and how that race, it kind of you got the juices flowing a little bit. And it's the first time you really felt that at a live race in a long time. So that was great. The weather was phenomenal. I mean, it was weird walking around with masks everywhere. And and, and really other than you basically would see rich owners and and some media and people that work there. That was about it. So that was weird. But uh, no, overall, it was a great day and awesome to be back at Keeneland. Weather definitely would be the
2: highlight, I would say. We've been to the Breeders' Cup a lot in Kentucky, whether it be Churchill Downs or Keeneland. And let me tell you something, this was the best weather day we've had by 10 links. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, it felt like we were at Santa Anita, you know, it, 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 which is just hard to imagine here in Kentucky. So, uh, weather was good. Um, yeah, listen, we're going to talk about the races, so I won't talk about the that aspect. But all in all, all day, it was just a strange Feeling just a we it was just weird. It, it felt like I was, you know, at Prairie Meadows, but we were at watching the Breeders' Cub, so it was kind of strange <laughs> like that. So, anyway, um, uh, yeah, good times, good times. Uh, no, it's not a king size bed, it's <laughs> gonna get that. That's two beds, <laughs> all
4: right. It's funny that you said that because when we did the, the the show, like the preview show with Ryan, you guys were in the same room, same setup, and before we went live, I was like, are you, did you guys get, I think Ryan actually brought it up, did you guys get one bed and you had to like make a point of proving it,
0: so. We're up to such a bad We're story. really, we're really it's close terrible. on these trips. You know, Magic, we like to kind of, we like the bond, so.
2: Magic, <sighs> <Yeah>. man, 13, <laughs> what wrong with you? Uh, yeah, so,
0: anyway okay i have a question for you guys yeah obviously you all were not there so what was it like watching this not there and i know the coverage was pretty cool or at least what sounded like they were going to try to do as far as the coverage with the with you know a lot of we saw a lot a lot of them walking around filming stuff you know in the paddock close to each each horse Um, i saw some live stuff as far as following an actual horse in a race so how was it watching it you know on tv or whatever
3: uh, yeah, no, it, I thought it was really cool that Breeders' Cup. I don't know if this has happened in the past, but they had something you can go on the lo- online on their website, along with TVG and uh, NBCSN. But you you could actually see certain jockey cams. You could see a lot of different angles that I try to get into today, because at least for me, to I'm going to try to really focus on more of the handicapping betting aspect tomorrow, and kind of I kind of want to take it all in today. On few, that's what I like to do on Friday. So I got to see a lot of things that I normally wouldn't have looked into different angles because, right, we could – not I mean, I've never been, but I just wanted to see everything. Um, they had jockey cams. They had contender cams. They had some sort of VR cam if you had those type of VR goggles. So I think the Breeders' Cup, at least for today, I'm sure they'll do the same tomorrow. They really did a good job of trying to integrate everyone and trying to give people as many different angles and viewpoints as possible with everything going on.
4: Ryan, what about for you? What was it like
1: for you, buddy? Well, I gotta say, Keeneland looks like when you die and go to heaven in Kentucky. <laughs> that is the racetrack that you go to. That is one of the most beautiful. I don't know. I was only there when it was closed once, which sucks because I always wanted to go. But I, I mean, is it as beautiful in person as it is on TV? Because I mean, my wife was like, "This is stunning," and it it, looked, I agree. It,
0: yeah. dude, it is. And uh, we've been in the spring and the in the fall, and fall is just it's some it's it's unreal. It, it's. You know Santa Anita to us is still the best backdrop, so to speak, out of any track. It's just unbelievable. But in Keelan Fall, it's hard to beat, you know. It, it really is. It, it was today, was unbelievable. It was just perfect. The, the background, you know, the the foliage and whatever changing colors and oh. the weather was nice, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's not Ricky over there. <laughs>
4: well, yeah,
2: no, uh, so, yeah, I think uh, I definitely think uh, I'll, I'll echo what jared says uh honestly just driving around kentucky or kentucky or driving around lexington it's it's just gorgeous it's absolutely gorgeous and, and if you've never been to keeneland when you get off the exit calumet farm but what's the keeneland keeneland so it's, a, it's like a mile of calumet farm one of the most historic horse farms uh you know in the country and then boom there's keeneland so it's amazing it's very it's really beautiful. i have to say
0: every single time in our lives that we've driven by Calmet Farms, any horse we ever see, Halterin says, hey, there's Oxbow. That's true. <laughs> Every time. I bet that's Oxbow out there. <laughs> Every time. And uh, sure, I sure love Oxbow. this morning he's like, there's Oxbow. Yeah, he there is. I bet
2: Oxbow. Yeah, I love
0: Oxbow. I want to hug
4: Oxbow. I really do. Well, I, Oxbow uh, almost had a 94-1 to 1 winner in one of the Breeders' Cup races today
2: freaked the f out yeah. when i realized that that horse was by oxbow because first of all i said who the f's the 12 because i don't i mean come on Hot Rod 12, Charlie.
4: you know and then 94 to 1 and i look at the program I say, oh it's oxbow oh, but he he's thought. not not only oxbow he's a half brother to Matoli, so it, mm. uh, it would have really been something magical if we got the job done there. But you know yep. what? We do have a lot of uh, Breeders' Cup action to talk about. If you guys are watching live on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, thanks for joining us. Uh, leave your questions, comments uh, below, however you're watching. We'll see them, and we'll see if we can get to them. We got a big panel of uh, experts here, and we've also got me, so let's get right <laughs> into it. The first race of the Breeders' Cup, the actual Breeders' Cup. Kick things off with the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint, and if you knew anything about the Racing Dudes team, you knew that we were pretty damn excited for one specific horse in this race, and it ends up being the big favorite, Golden Pal. He goes off at 4-5, to which was uh, a little short. He ended up actually being better than the 3-5, to which is when I placed my bet on him and still didn't care. Uh, (laughs) He ends up looking really great, but there was a split second, guys, I'll tell you. I thought that he broke down because he jerked all around from the TV screen watching. He looked like he was hurt. Thank God he wasn't and he ends up clearing away uh, a good way to start off the Breeders' Cup with a you know probably the second strongest feeling that we collectively have all had about a horse. Aaron and Jared, you guys were there to see it live. What was it like seeing Golden Pal just the gates open and he's two lengths ahead, and well, then now he's with the pack, and now he's seven lengths ahead? What was that whole emotion like for you guys?
0: We were we were laughing because it was funny because you know you obviously the, the 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 draw was really the only if you were trying to play against him that was it, and I mean. You, you couldn't have like the race was off. And then before you could even grasp that the race had started, you're like, Oh, well he's two links ahead and, and you're not even worried anymore. And we looked at each other and was like, well, I guess the 14 hole wasn't an issue. So, (laughs) and then about the time you kind of relaxed, he did that weird step or lug or whatever that was. And you're like, Oh, hang on. And for half a second, you thought something might have gone wrong. And then you realize real quickly that no, this horse is just kind of messing around and, this was something this, like I mentioned earlier, this was the first, you know, the first British cup race and the first big race of the day. And it really kind of lived up to the, the hype. I mean, this was our best bet of the day. This is one of the, one of two of our overall consensus picks on the guide. So we knew this horse was a, a strong favorite and he really lived up to it. So the,
2: my theme of this podcast is going to be, uh, you know, happiness and, and excitement coupled with frustration. So Uh, With this race, I'll start with the happiness and excitement. I text uh, our, our, our good friend who's joining us today, by the way, Ryan Stillman. And I said, Ryan, that got my blood pumping for the first time in a while. You know, I hadn't been to a live race in so long. Man, that's an elite horse. I was smiling from ear to ear. I mean, it's like we just stole whatever price that horse just went off at because this race is done son like it's over he's two links ahead and the other ones haven't even broken the gate yet it's like i am cocky as shit and then i thought he broke down and i thought well that's a lot of fun the horse breaks down and then he's fine i don't know what happened there but there was only maybe what two seconds out of i don't know how long it took him to run the race but two seconds where he thought he was going to lose and that's when he disappeared in a wall of horses because he just i don't know he like took up then he rebreaks and he's back ahead and then you're never worried again so Uh, That was that was amazing Uh, for me personally. You know, we had a big bet on him, so that was good. We didn't play exotics in that race. But for people that maybe did play exotics, um, I ran one, three, four, five. And that seemed to be a theme all day. Winner, third, fourth, fifth, didn't have the second place finisher. And that one really hurt because I had all long shots underneath. And I, I, I didn't get the second horse. But anyway, I was really excited. That was really fun to watch.
4: Jeez, look at those exotics. I mean, you get past the fact that the exact only paid 17 for a dollar, the super 280, not basically 282 for 10 cents. You know, the dollar try ends up coming to almost 300 there. But you look at the odds of the horses, it seems like everybody agreed with us. It was just pretty much Golden Pal, and everyone else was going to be double digits aside from poor Bodenheimer, who I thought actually had a sneaky good chance in this race, and then he completely blew the start uh, out of the gate there. Uh, lots of great horses here that just really didn't stand up to golden pal. Are there any of these horses that you thought ran a poor effort or were you just so focused on golden pal and how great he looked that you're like, you know what? The, the rest of these, they were just in a different class than what golden pal
0: is. Yeah, I definitely was just, I mean, I, my focus was all along was only on him. Um, this was one of our strongest plays in the guide. So it was just like, okay, let's just get him home. Um, you know, and it was funny too. We were, we were in the uh, paddock there at, before the race and, like you could just get a vibe, like the ownership was in there, and you—it was almost like I heard a few times, "Hey, will you get in the winter circle with us after this race?" Like they wow. were pretty damn confident this horse was going to run well. well and
2: to, to be fair, when you when you saw him, you were like, "Yeah," because like these are two-year-old sprinters on the turf they're hard to saddle they're kind of acting crazy not this horse this horse was like I showed up to win today i mean it was he was impressive
0: i mean it's pretty cra- pretty crazy to have a horse that's uh, still two and, and is, is a is a world traveled horse you know it is kind of goes everywhere and so that, this horse is definitely he's cool something special you know that's kind of the theme today i think is on um, the turf side of things you know we saw a lot of american horses run well like this that might have some international um, you know, their sights set on international races down the road, which makes it even more fun. Uh,
4: uh, Ricky, you've uh, been kind of quiet over there. So I want to know what you thought about Golden Pella. You were like the rest of the racing of this team. You had this horse on top in the Breeders' Cup uh, inside track wagering guide that we sell. So what did you think about Golden Pella and his effort here?
3: Yeah, obviously dominant. I don't need to get into it. In terms of the beginning, though, he did struggle in his very first start back at Gulfstream, he, he, stu- he was a little stubborn out of the gate, too, and we didn't really see that. Obviously, he went overseas for a second start, and then the third start, he broke his maiden in the Skidmore, so if you didn't get any indication that horse was good when you're breaking your maiden in a stakes race at Saratoga. That's a pretty good sign, but he had some, su- I don't want to say a lot of gate issues, but he did have some at the beginning. He was really, really rank, and I, I think a lot of people were kind of scared, and then he. He almost looked like a car that you can kind of just control. Stop, go, stop, go. <laughs> um, it did get a little dicey at the end. But, again, um, for the fractions he was putting up, it's fair to assume that he's going to tire a little bit. I mean, he's not; ju- he, he can't just keep that up for that distance. So it never really seemed in doubt until the end. But um, he dominated in Skidmore. Right after the race, they said they're looking at ask it again. Um, down the road, if they can get him back overseas in a race that makes sense. So, well traveled, as you guys said earlier on. And I-, I thought it was very professional once IRAD was able to get him settled down.
4: Ryan, uh, Ricky brings up a good point that it actually did get close there. I wasn't worried. I think because at one point he was so far ahead that I was like, well, Golden Powell's got this and he's going to get a little tired here, but I'm not worried. When you were watching, did you think that there was a chance that Golden Powell might actually fall apart right at the end and get caught at the wire?
1: i don't know if i thought it at the end i thought it was so weird that move where they took up i mean it makes sense in retrospect clearly like you know they set fast fractions and clearly they knew what they were doing because they won i I was more concerned then like what aaron said with like is he about to break down uh Mm -hmm. and then it was just like well i I, I, he looked much the best What what's kind of cool is you think the 14 hole was what everyone was worried about how great would this horse have been without traffic somehow from like a inside post might have won by like I mean, how much? He had to come all the way over, pull back. I mean, this horse was spectacular. Kind of reminded me of not comparing it exactly, but like newspaper of record where I got the chills about a two-year-old horse on the turf where you're like, wow, this could be something special. And that's what I kind of wanted to ask all you guys, since you're experts on this, and I'm sure a lot of people are wondering too, Freak beating a bunch of nothings? Are these good? How, How do you assess this horse going forward? Because... I know Aaron, you texted me too. It's just, you got that good feeling like that. Whoa, that was an awesome performance. And it was, so was he beating nothing special thoughts? What do you guys think?
2: I told Jared right after the race, we were watching the replay. I said, if there, if if there's a huge five furlong race out there, anywhere in the country, this horse needs to be there. I think at five furlongs, they may never catch him ever. Like he might beat any horse in the world, but I definitely do think that last furlong, he got a little tired. And I'm not saying he can win big races at six furlongs. Obviously he did today. But I think, I think like he's a true five furlong type, right? Even when you go back to Ascot, when he was at Ascot uh, er, earlier in the year, he got beat there in that final jump, that final little bit, you know? So maybe, maybe his true elite distance is like five furlongs, but he's, he's an awesome horse. He, I
0: certainly he, think he's elite. I mean, I sure. like dear yeah. to answer your question, Ryan, I think yeah. he is it's not any do, factor of, well, he didn't beat anything or whatever. I think he's totally legit. I, yeah. I just think he's, like you said, I think he's a he's a specialist. He's he's a very particular, which means, considering who's trains the horse, we will see this horse all over the world because mm-hmm. they will find mm-hmm. the spots that match this horse's style perfectly. Well, well I want. By the way, Magic, we got to mention the trend continues three straight years. Uh, yeah. but you've had speed, uh, it's three straight years you've had a speed turf horse that's a low price that goes gate to wire. It just is This race is turning into you're going to get one of those horses in this race every year and you've got to play them.
4: It was, it became kind of a, it was tricky at first when you started doing the 14 trends because we had this new race. Suddenly we're like, how the right. hell do we do? And then it happened one year. Like what the hell is the trend from one year? But you're right now this is continuing. And this is going to be a common theme that you hear on this show. And hopefully on the Saturday recap show too, where this 14 trends, uh, guide guy that Jared puts together, that's free at races.com. It's full of good information. This stuff really tends to pan out. We did get just uh, a second ago, joined by the great Vinny Blond here, Vinny. Uh, okay. We've all given our thoughts on Golden Pal here. I want to hear from you. What did you think about Golden Pal in this race?
5: Uh, I'm. I wonder how much he would have won by if he didn't. Uh, if that little mishap there at the, uh, after the first quarter didn't happen, he looked amazing today.
4: Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he was pretty loaded there. Listen, we're gonna move on to the Juvenile Turf race now. I think we pretty much exhausted this one. As Dennis said in the chat, it was a freak that beat a bunch of nothings. Uh, <laughs> so we'll move on to the second race here, the Juvenile Turf presented by Coolmore America. This is the one where I have the biggest issue with things. Um, I really feel that Fire at Will uh, took out about six horses out of the gate and nobody seemed to notice. And he got away with uh, Ricardo Santana Jr. got away with the Pago Lopez move at the Breeders' Cup. But he gets the job done 30 to 1. He was a three length winner. So if, aside from the horses, the six horses to his inside, he did a pretty good job of beating everybody else. He uh, gets the three length win 30 to 1. Jared, what were your thoughts when you saw Fire at Will making that big move in the stretch?
0: Well, I don't want to say wow. it. I don't want you to edit it, but I will say <laughs> F because of the whole sequence of the whole day. This was the one that I just any any result to happen today. I got you yeah. know you, you can make it. You may not have it with the horse on top, but yeah, I mean you can make a case for the horse it wasn't that surprising. But this one, especially when I mean I was all over. It. I had battleground. You had battleground on top in this race. uh, you know, to get second here, I had, I liked out of door. I liked Cadillac. I liked Seal Away. I mean, it's like they were all there. And then this horse just goes by and, and wins the, and, and beats them all. And it just, it was frustrating for sure because I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get there. I, I agree that he, that his price was higher than it probably should have been. Like, I think he got floated up big time. But at the same time, he was never a, a thought of mine to, to play here. And so it's one of those that you just kind of say, well, yeah. Shit, I mean, he, I didn't, I never would have got there with that one.
1: Wait, can I ask you something? I, this is kind of coming to me as you're going. If they ran this race again, we see the same result afterwards, in your opinion? Or like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're like, I couldn't have got there, but would you bet him again if we said, okay, we're bringing them all back tomorrow, they're fresh as could be, let's go? Would you still bet this horse? Or do you think it was just the way it played out is what helped him? You know,
0: I mean, I. I- I don't think he's legit. I guess I don't know. I mean,
4: well, it's you. You have good connect I mean, Mike Maker is very talented with the with the turf horses. Three Diamonds Farm. They tend to team up with Maker a lot in these graded stakes races that we cover. But I'm going to go back again to the start. I mean, I think that the fact that he took out either directly or indirectly took out a bunch of horses from the start. Um, I mean, you had uh, Public Sector was a Chad Brown horse. He got pinched back pretty hard early. A Bar to New Mandate. The last three horses across the wire. All got pushed back pretty bad. Seelaway was a horse that I know Aaron really loved. Uh, that horse got took the worst of it. I mean, he had to go almost all the way to the back there. So I think because he got away with something that, depending on your jurisdiction, he might not have, and maybe not in the Breeders' Cup, he wouldn't have gotten away with on fire at will. That's my opinion on that. Aaron, what did you think?
2: Well, again, uh, the, theme of, the theme of the whole day for me is happiness and frustration. The frustrating, <laughs> frustrating part is, Jared and I, on the guy, we put together all these tickets and we ran two, three, four, five in this race. So we didn't have the winner, but we ran two, three, four, five. That was great. And also, exactly what you said, my top pick right out of the gate. It's like, well, shit, that's great. So, uh, but I will say though, I, I I do, I listen, there's the Magic Mike show is so unfair to my boy Ricardo Santana Jr. That's boy. They absolutely hate his guts. And it's ridiculous. And so now he's won with a 30 to one shot on the turf in a grade one race. Which that I, if you listen to Magic Mike, that's impossible. Like that's that's <laughs> almost as impossible. I think that's, that's why, no fans at Keeneland in 2020. I think that's why I mean,
0: Samich so isn't on the show. He didn't want to face. He didn't want to hear this.
4: Uh, yeah. I was gonna say, but Mike's harder on him than I am. I mean, I've taken my fair. You know, shots at him, but Mike's Mike's the one that he sees Ricardo on a turf horse and runs the other direction.
2: Well, I'm I, I am very happy for Ricardo. I like him. He, he's my boy. He's an Oakland guy. I like. I, so I was happy Ricardo won, but that was where my happiness ends in that race because <laughs> we handicapped that pretty well, I thought, and we just you know, I mean, sometimes you just get beat, and it's like, wow, we we were all over it. We just didn't have that. Horse. So, I mean, so. it, was
4: a, it was a very deep field. And, and if you look, if you bought the Inside Track Wagering Guide to the Rear's Cup, you could see the top four section. A lot of us were kind of spread all over. There might have been a couple of common themes. You know, a lot of us liked Battleground or Cadillac or Seal Away. Nobody had fire at will. And for the second straight year, the Pilgrim stakes winner goes and wins this race at the breeders cup. Structure did it last year. Uh, Ricky, I want to ask you fire. at Will wasn't in anybody's top four. Did you even consider him? Cause I know you really follow that New York circuit really closely.
3: Yeah. So I, he was, he was the one horse that it's funny. You know, everyone talked about or magic. You just brought up the fact that he, we, a lot of people went a lot of different directions. Right. And early on, you know, speed was holding well. And I think there was one or two races where it just collapsed. And I guess we'll get to Jackie's warrior later on. But this was the feeling to me where I said, I don't like any of these European horses in this race. Once I saw this trend was going to be this way, because as we know, the Europeans like to go longer. They they take a little bit longer to get going. And Ricardo definitely got away with, I don't want to say murder, because it wasn't as bad as what we saw, like you said. In, in my opinion, but if, if we're just looking at the race, Mike Maker, in my opinion, and I, you know, after f- deeply diving into Saratoga and what he's done all over the country, him and Chad Brown, in my opinion, are the two top turf trainers in the country. No matter where you go, to me, they have to be in the same conversation, and I'll put Clement in there as well, but for the sake of this conversation, Fire will beat public sector relative with relative ease. So to Jared's point, this horse shouldn't have gone off at that price, but at the same time, I mean, he, after he, after that poor maiden, he won on sloppy track and he came back to in the Pilgrim and he did it with relative ease. So this horse liked to be on the front end, sit right off. And that was the type of horse that you needed in this race. The, like I said, I knew it was too late to obviously make changes, but you, it was really tough to make case for these European horses. That like to get this their late kick home, once the speed was holding on. And I, I, I tweeted something out. Uh, Mike Samish tweeted something out. It was pretty evident you have to be within the top half, maybe even the top three, if you wanted to win for almost all the races today. So that was my takeaway. I think
4: somebody heard you talking about him because joining us right now, live from <laughs> Gulfstream Park, West or Central or East, Mike Samich. Mike, we are—you're just in time Perfect to hear us talk man. about your <laughs> boy Ricardo Santana Jr. winning a turf race on the Breeders' Cup at thirty to one. Tell us your thoughts.
6: Yeah, miracles happen, man. Who knew? <laughs> uh, no, he, he had a good ride, and it, it's—it was one of those spots where you kind of kick yourself after the race because it's a Mike Maker horse, it's a kitten's joy. I mean, everything kind of fits. And you got thirty to one, and somehow uh, I wasn't on it, and that kind of was frustrating. I'm not going to lie. You also have the brown horse that ran a, a good second behind it at 85 cents on the dollar that was going off at, at ten to one. So there's a huge overlay on the seven just based on those two horses alone. So yeah, a little disappointing that uh, that we couldn't get to that horse, and that was the one that killed me in the late pick five too. Uh, so thanks for rubbing it in, Magic. Really appreciate that, buddy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Jared brought it up first. Don't blame me. <laughs> he, he said you were running away because Ricardo won. <laughs> no.
6: At least it wasn't Ricardo and Santana on the turf. It was the common, or I'm sorry, Ricardo and, uh, sit on the turf. It was a combination of the two. I wouldn't have showed up.
0: So, so, so a part of the trends we talked about earlier, this is one of those that, you know, definitely bucked, uh, bucked that trend, but you know, something to address next year is because we had seen, uh, Americans winning this race two times in the last four years, now three times in the last five years. So maybe this is a trend we're starting to see. Of course, Euros dominated underneath. Uh, so kind of a fluky thing this year, but, instructor in 2019 and Oscar awesome performance.
5: And now add
4: this horse. Uh, Vinny, you've been kind of quiet. Any thoughts on this?
5: Uh, I mean, I, I, it would have taken me a little bit to get to the winner. I think I thought he was <laughs> a little outclassed, but I thought battleground ran a huge race to even get second there. He did not have the easiest of trips. Mm-hmm. I thought he was out. So he, he was wide, both turns. And when they hit the top of the stretch, it didn't look like he was going to go anywhere. And then he looked like he found another gear and, he ended up getting second, but like I think, I think he's going to be one that we hear from down the road. If it's not here, if you follow the European circuit, because he he definitely seems like he's he's going to win a few more stakes in his career.
4: Well, you had uh, you bringing up a, a, something that happened with both of the juvenile turf races, where Aiden O'Brien seemed to have the only horse that could make up a bunch of ground on the winner. So um, we'll come back to that when we get to that race. But let's first move on to the juvenile fillies now. And uh, boy, this race, if you like simply ravishing, you were probably ripping your tickets up about two seconds out of the gate because she just blew the start and you knew, being buried on the rail, she probably wasn't going to be there. Uh, Before we talk about Vquist and and her winning trip and the the fact that Nyquist won, her sire won the the Breeders' Cup Juvenile over this track and course, she does the same thing. Aaron and Jared, you guys were there. And I know you love Simply Ravishing. When she bobbled at the start and, and got pushed way behind early, what was the atmosphere like both for you guys and just generally at the crowd there at Keeneland?
0: <laughs> well, well, number one, there is no crowd at yeah. Keeneland. I don't think it's going to I didn't uh, hear say, anything other than no. us saying the F word a few times. Yeah, we, we,
2: we looked at each <laughs> other and we said, this is just bullshit because I just got, got knocked down with a rail horse in the race before. It happens again here.
0: And, 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 you know, what was nice is we were able, every race, we kind of, we would switch, you know, the place is pretty much to ourselves. So, we would switch, yeah. like, where we were sitting or watching a race. Mm-hmm. And this particular one, we were right by the starting gate, you know, up above. So, you got a good angle. And right. from the scratch, you know, you're like, son of a bitch, you know. It, it, what, it,
2: what really hurts about it is you see what happened in the race and it's like, yeah, she probably would have won. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes they don't, like, Davis's this moment last year that broke awful, and everybody gave that excuse But he didn't run a step the whole race. So it's like piss off, you know. He wasn't going to win anyway. This horse with the trip, I think, would have won because she ran very well considering what happened anyway. yeah. Um, So I think she would have won. So that hurts. But listen, it's the theme of the day. That is horse racing. We handicapped pretty well, but we didn't get a lot of breaks. And that was definitely one of them. We suggested a big win ticket on her. I'm very confident she was... She could have won that race. I'll, I'll say could have, because I like the winner. I like the winner a lot. We'll get to that, I guess. But uh, uh the atmosphere for Jared and I were what have we done to cause this shit luck?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who did you guys piss off at the bar last night? Geez, you could need to be a long list of people. Dude, I don't <laughs> know that list. All right. So <laughs> I heard you were I uh, heard you were parting with the Irish contingency
0: at Listen, no, I do
2: have COVID, but listen. No, no, I will on Sunday, not tomorrow. I need to go to the breedership tomorrow. Um <laughs> once we're done with these races talking about the, the recaps, please remind me uh about my conversation with the Irish people uh last. So are
6: you guys are you guys in the same hotel room?
0: Well like, watch,
6: yeah. Okay, right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's not creepy at all. All right. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, that, yeah. We yeah. We're just they gonna... have a they have a king size bed back there behind Aaron. No, <laughs> no.
3: that's two beds. It's it's <laughs> a it's a double. One double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One bed for the
0: clothes and the other bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, so on that note, uh, Vinny, I'll turn it over to you. V quiz gets the job done. You're a New York guy. You got, to see, you got to see V this year. Uh, I maybe not in person, but you got to watch her and, and feel like you were very close to her. what do you think about V kind of turning the tables on day to the office? This is a, the horses that went first and second in their last start in a reverse order and it wasn't really close. So what did you think about the return effort here?
5: I was, I was actually, I was for my tickets. I was very excited. Actually. I had a, I ended up hitting the, two dollar late pick three uh with VQuest, so that was that helped um i kind of wasn't surprised they ran one two especially after earlier in the day uh i forget the name of the horse that won that ran behind them mm-hmm. earlier in the day yeah uh, I, I forget race. yeah the horse the horse won and ran ran behind both uh yep. quest and day it's out of the cool. office yep. and yep. it was like all right, and I think early in the card, a bunch of the like horses coming from New York had done well, so it was like, all right, like this could this could happen. I did think though, like a couple steps down the stretch, I thought Day at the Office was going to hold on. Mm-hmm. She looked good, and then uh, probably like three hundred yards out, she kind of hit that wall, and that was it. But no, I I think they're both going to be be exciting moving forward.
4: You're thinking a, a Joy's Rocket won this the the, the, yeah, the, the six earlier, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, she she looked good, and and I didn't I didn't even do the math. That I was so focused on on work that I didn't even figure out that that was a horse that ran against them. Mike, uh, I know that we've talked about these two fillies that finished first and second in this race. Kind of, what are your thoughts overall on the juvenile fillies? What happened? And uh, you had touched on in our text chain the West Coast horses not really showing up, and Princess Nora, the nine to five favorite, holding true to that trend about the favorites in this race not firing. Talk about this race, Mike.
6: Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it on the on the live show. The Princess Nora, we were all shocked she was the morning line favorite. I think that kind of proved it, proved out here. She just she couldn't hang with these. Um, you know, the two winners today were Uncle Mo, who had either either a winner or had the sire of two winners. This was Nyquist, one of those two winners of, of his sons. And the East Coast man. I mean, the West Coast got shelled today. They they did not win a single race. You had one horse that hit the board, and that was a, a, a Doug O'Neill like hail mary throw. They came home <laughs> in ninety four to one in second in the final I- race. <laughs> and, and then you have these two horses that are coming from the East coast that, that run one, two in this race. And this one was the one that kept me alive in BC, BC. I mean, I had a hundred dollar cold, uh, exactly here, two, three, and I had a double going to the next race. And This is why I'm still kicking over there. But, uh, you know, this was one of those races. I thought the one, two, three made sense. And, uh, you know it was it was a, one of those days where trips just made the race time and time and time again. you had a couple horses like no word that just got absolutely no room and that cost that horse to race uh, the one horse here is simply ravishing, probably the best horse like Aaron said, never really got a chance to show it I mean broke poorly and then got cut off down the lane I mean so it's gonna be interesting I mean I, I think we saw New York really show out today. I think that's a trend that we can kind of expect to, to continue into tomorrow um but I think simply ravishing is one of those you got to look at the next time out and see what the price is here and yeah, I, the West Coast. It's 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 tough, man. I feel for you, Magic. I
0: I, I do want to add, not that I'm, and I, I I don't buy into this shit all the time because I mean we hear it all the time. But McPeak was hot after that race. <laughs> um, he was not happy with apparently, and I have read the quotes after from Luis Saez. Apparently, they they lifted her her tail up when they were putting her in the gate, and they never do that, and she freaked out. And as soon as she freaked out, Luis calmed her pulled on her they pop the gates she misses the break that's what i was that's what he was saying but uh again that i i caught wind of that the big peak was rattling off to some i think some owners or something and so i kind of caught wind of that uh, but uh again i don't buy into that but i feel like i'll just i'll just spread the word <laughs>
4: Well, that's I always like
0: when when I hear from someone
4: that for a big race that a trainer just gets really hot. I'll never forget when Aaron, you were at Oakland when Taron Promessa lost and Steve Asmussen thought that he had that. In the bag. And, and that was the first time I ever heard about a trainer just yeah. refusing to speak to a jockey after a race. The jockey <laughs> was pissed. Off, yeah. <laughs> talked to the trainer, trainer, red is the background on this YouTube page right now, just turned around and walked away. So uh, that's a good one. Uh, Ricky and Ryan, I don't mean to leave you guys out. Did you have any thoughts here that you wanted to add?
3: Uh, yeah. So if one of the things we talk about, and Mike Samich, you talked about New York Junior Alvarado was put to the test early by Joel Rosario, right? So Joel gets Viquist out to a really good start and forces Junior to really go on Day out of the office. I think the race was won by Joel right from the start. Obviously simply ravishing didn't break well, but Joel said, "Let's get Day out of the office going a little bit quicker than she might want to and we're going to sit right behind and we're going to have that opportunity if she's good enough she's going to pass." And Day out of the office did 99% of the work. I forgot who said it, but someone said day out of the office looked like a winner on especially at the top of the stretch and then he got to the 16th pole and he kind of saw her wear out. but I think Joel Rosario won the race within the first hundred yards just because just because he made day out of the office maybe go a touch quicker than maybe she wanted to and Junior Alvarado really had no choice, he had to put her on the lead. So I think J- Joel did a masterful job. When we talk about the difference between a junior Alvarado and a Joel Rosario. It's little things like that.
1: Ryan, what did you think about this race, buddy? Well, we have a champion crowned, I think, right, guys? Is that official? Like, I mean, she's—Vquist is going to be the champion, do you guys think? Because, okay, and and then this this is my thought on it, uh, and I want your guys' opinion. I think this was actually a very promising Breeders' Cup Juvenile fillies. Like, I cannot guarantee you that'll be this way. But from my view, I think maybe the most promising one since when Beholder ran. And a lot of those horses might not have panned out when Beholder won it, but that year it had that vibe, like we might see something special. And, and I kind of feel like these are this is a really strong group in that small field, kind of a, a testament to it. And ironically, I think the favorite finished last or second to last. I'm trying to remember right. It, it was out of there. But I kind of want one last thing here about Bob Baffert here. What What are you guys? <laughs> so like, so yeah. Go ahead. Just open floor. No, no. I ask the question. I don't want you quick answer. I, I was going to say, say. Aaron's ready to right answer. And you haven't even I asked was the question. Say, So I'm asking this question for people out there in racing. Sure. What they're probably saying to them, see, that's what, they didn't juice her. I mean, I'm sorry, because maybe that's not what I should be saying now, but that's, what's the discussion going to be, do you guys think? And what do you make of the discussion? Because we have to address it. This was a very big favorite with a very dismal performance. By the way, though, caveat to his credit or whatever, the numbers were kind of saying this could happen. So it's not like it's the most shocking thing, but I want to hear what you guys had to say. Okay. I think
4: the buyer's beard figures hold up, and and uh, Dennis isn't watching. But Dennis put something out on Twitter that reaffirmed why I, I really didn't like Princess Nora in this spot. And it's okay. because of who was aboard.
2: Well, and that you, Matt's very good point, Magic, and that's fair. But I think he would have had to pick her up on his back way for <laughs> Not to
6: take a shot at Victor. Yeah,
2: I get right? <laughs> one every show. Made, made Vic, so <laughs> it's just ridiculous. We Let's didn't work. have
0: them on the show sometimes. Yeah,
2: and Johnny Velasquez, I hate him. So there <laughs> you go. So uh, and most other jockeys, but. Uh, to, to answer Ryan's question immediately, uh, I'll start with that. Um, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm saving that for tomorrow as far as gloating. Gloating, but I feel good so far. I feel good. I feel good. You know, luck Bob and I, uh, I. I said hi to him today. I didn't. That's a lie. But uh, I, I feel like how it happened to him so far. But I'm not going to get overly excited because there's two big races left, right?
0: There's there's some good horses. You know, we're out two there. we're two for two so we're far. two for
2: two. We need to go four for four, and that's that's really the biggest thing in the Breeders' Cup for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it it didn't look good for Princess Nor a wobbly leg, but at about the you know what half mile pole probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. have you ever watched a horse that's stalking in a perfect position? And you look at her and you go, "She got no shot to win this race." Like she's Uncle like, Chuck,
0: Dragon. Day, I mean, she never know? did any. Like she was just a nice. Like, she just made her. She just walked around the track. Yeah, no. I
6: mean, it was awful. It was. But, but the funny thing is, that, like. If you look at the, the, the form, that was kind of obvious that was going to happen. Like, that's the crazy part. Is this, was, this was a connections play. You know, Ryan brings up this was a great field. I do think this was a solid field. Zero Pletcher, zero Brown. You've got two McPeaks. You've got a Romans. You've got an Asmussen. You've got the winner is Robert Reed. I mean, the connection-wise, Baffert took all the money because that was just where people are generally going to push it toward. But when you look at it on paper, this horse should have been the fifth favorite, not the favorite. So oh, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah.
2: I love how Sam is shit on this whole field. He's like, "Yeah, you got to read." I,
6: I shit on the the fact that it's not a traditionally great field. It could be a great field. Well, this, and I, isn't, this isn't a. There's not any other connections this entire field that take heavy money, and that sure. so so Baffert really helps with that that push. To be fair, uh, the
2: one the, the one other trainer that would take a lot of money is Askewson, but Askewson had a really shitty horse in this race. That
6: is correct. Yeah, they went off at like thirty-five to one long shot. Right, time had no shots. So that, that doesn't help.
2: Exactly, exactly. So uh to Ryan's point though, I do think I do think there were some really nice horses. I, I really low-key liked McQuist a lot. Uh, I was really here's the deal. And Vinny brought it up, and he's actually right. And we said it as soon as uh the six won the won the second race, we said, ooh, that's really good for uh day out of the office and McQuist, the quist. But the thing is, the second place finisher came back to win this one. So that's kind of you know, that's horse racing for you, right? But the stretch out, I think, really helped the today. And I yeah, think the ride was just a, a, a crafty ride of the week, probably, was on, on the quest. Yeah.
6: So, if you could only own one horse out of this race, who would you want to own? Simply
1: ravishing for simply, me.
6: Ra- simply ravishing.
1: I mean, Definitely. I'd sure like an Eclipse <laughs> Award, so I might take VQUIS, but then treat her. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that other horse. That's we got, well, we
6: got to get a, a hype man eclipse award. Then you can win it, Ryan. <laughs>
2: to be fair, To be fair, if I own the horse, I could change trainers, right? Yes.
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair. Well, <laughs> so then uh, would you
2: take you Princess
4: Nora? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, tough luck, Bob. There he is. I mean,
4: he's already walking a different direction away from the horse. Like he already knows. I'm just going to get away from this. This yeah. isn't going to. This what isn't going to go understand? well. <laughs> let's zoom in on that what is in his hand here hold on racing dudes investigates <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, what's he got there is that a <laughs>
4: Uh we have fun on this show alright let's talk about the juvenile Phillies turf this is the race that I got wrong the most I looked at the field, I saw a lot of horses that were sprinting, trying routing for the first time, and I thought, hey, this is a good time to try and play against Aunt Pearl, who looked phenomenal in the Jessamine, trying to go gate-to-wire, but used a lot of speed. And then she went gate-to-wire here, nobody challenged her, and looked like the easiest winner, even easier than Golden Pal. Uh, I was the one person seemingly that doubted her in this spot. Aaron, Jared, you guys loved her? Take it away.
0: Go ahead you uh yeah okay i'll go um no i mean this one was i thought this was more impressive than golden Pal, to be honest i i i thought this horse was unbelievable um you know it like the, i think this was a, a a sign that you like her numbers like you we talked about this a little bit after the after the on our way home you know then you couldn't really buy into the, the buyer speed figures and whatnot that came from her. And that was a lot that Halterman was kicking himself a little bit for not mm-hmm. he picking her because of using those against her. She just looked awesome. I mean, this is to me, she's right up there with golden pal in terms of, are they going to try her overseas? You know, I think she's, she's, she was really good. Now, again, no pressure. There's some weird rides in here that they just kind of like, let her do that. You know, I was, I was, it was frustrating, but he also knew that, you know, all our tickets, it, that damn eight, man. I, I, you know, screwed up all <laughs> Mother our... Earth. All our tickets. Aiden O'Brien. Mother bitch. Another horse that went flying <laughs> late. The whole the whole stretch run, I was like, man, we got this. We got this. And Pearl's a lock. We know we have that on top. And then, uh, you know, Salmage's horse, Miss Amulet, and, wow, and, 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 and Campanelli. I was like, we have those in the two and three. We're good. We're good. We're good. And then the eight flies up. Like, son of a bitch. It did not have that. And that was brutal. That was, this was the most brutal... Uh, even though we were right about Aunt Pearl, brutal beat of the of the, the of the day because that try would have paid huge if you throw the eight out. Um, but no, I mean, for, as far as Aunt Pearl goes, she was really good.
2: So yeah, again, happiness and also frustration. The ha- the happiness for Aunt Pearl, I've I've always liked her, and the frustration that I I went away from her, and also the fresh on top. We obviously had it, Aunt Pearl as far as a top pick winner. We had her keyed on top and stuff though uh you know i mean we we had her everywhere and I we were it and what like when you're watching a race and you've got like a like a trifecta wheel or a trifecta key and you know you've got that top you know horse you start scaling back and i'm starting scaling back and i'm like i see miss Almet, yeah that's good that's good she's gonna get up there i see campanelli surely she won't fade right she didn't she i mean she ran like a a 30 opening quarter because she wouldn't go out there and chase the speed, which was crazy. And, and so it's like, you're coming out of a six furlong races, you're setting the pace. So you can't set it in a mile 16th, really good. Right. Or mile, or mile, I'm sorry, but you're good, good. ride. But, uh, but, but, you know, but still you're like, we're going to hit this. And then, yeah. So uh, I, I'm happy for Ant Pearl. I, I thought, uh, I talked to our good buddy, uh, Kelly von Hemel, And he's like, I was really high on Plum Aline, from the standpoint of, I thought he'd get, or she would get a really good trip. It's like, she's like 35 links behind. I say, yeah, I don't, I don't know either. It's stupid. And like, these people are crazy. They're riding these horses. but, um, and, and, but I give full credit to Ann Pearl. I thought this was like the most impressive, like you said, r- well, second, most impressive we'll get maybe to the most impressive, but second, most impressive on the card. She just, you, you talk about a race that was over when they went into the, the far turn. It's like, yeah, well, this race is over. So uh it, it was it was fun to watch that. And I'm happy I'm happy for Brad Cox. I, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of Brad. So uh yeah. Guy just I'll-
4: needs a he just needs a little racing luck and maybe he'll get one of these big races sooner or later. You know sure. it's, yeah. <laughs> and, and what better what better racing luck, Mike, than to have a field of sprinters all stretching out for the first time and none of them decide to go after. You kind of had the look on your face yeah. of how I was feeling that entire race. I also love Plum Ali. I thought that the the pace setup was gonna really fail Aunt Pearl and that Plum Ali was in a perfect spot. I was wrong, Mike. What do you think about this one?
6: Uh I mean I didn't like Plum Ali. So I was kind of happy about that part of it because that was the horse that I was I was coming in here notoriously fading. So I'm kind of happy that that played out because I would have I would have taken some some shit there. if Flameli had ended up winning (laughs) this race. Uh, The Tory of got worked here, right? I mean, that's the takeaway that that the Tory were trying to ride in the US got got hurt because he went, what, five, six, seven wide on that first turn and got in a bunch of trouble. Like didn't get in trouble, but the horse just fanned out. And when the 10 horse Schampanelli didn't put any pressure On the five, they ran a 25-second second second quarter, then ran a 24-second third quarter. They ran 49 for that mid-half, and then ran an 11-second next furlong and came home in 12. There's no way you're catching her running 11-12 on the two-final furlong. So I'm going 23 in the final quarter. It was just over, and it wasn't – it's one of those – it's really interesting. I mean, Slim brought this up last year at the Derby, or two years ago at the Derby, with that middle fraction is what really mattered. Here they went really fast early but then had no pressure in the middle of the race. And when you get that loose of a leader that just gets comfortable, it doesn't really matter how fast you went in that first, first furlong. It really matters how fast they were able to go in the middle of the race, how comfortable the cruising speed that that horse was able to go at. And that meant that, that, uh, she had just a ton of, a ton of horse. And Aunt had a ton of horse coming home here and, and Cox had himself a day. I I think it was Aaron that called that on the, on the original show there. Brad Cox was the one that was going to have a weekend and it definitely started out that way. Uh, I really thought Miss Amulet ran well here. That was my one real opinion all day. And I I I thought she was gonna get up for second, and then Mother Earth just came flying right on by down the lane. But uh yeah, I, this race was was one in the middle fractions.
0: I thought it was funny to hear DeTori's quotes after the race. He was like, Yeah, she just doesn't want to go that far. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs>
4: She went at least that far, going five wide around the turn. Yeah, I say, hey,
0: well, she went further than she needed to go. I mean, it's like, come on, dude. I mean, uh, maybe go a little shorter. You know, she is like, no, come maybe on. Maybe cut the
6: corner. Just, just, yeah. just, throwing it out there.
0: <laughs>
6: uh,
0: Ryan, any final
1: thoughts on the juvenile Phillies turf? No, I'm so excited about the next race. I'm like dying to get to this because <laughs> yeah. she, she just dominated. I mean, it, there was if you ran that race 100 times, she wins all 100. It was she was incredible, Aunt Pearl.
6: I'll take yeah, you and- under on 100.
1: Okay, maybe, maybe. So, so the,
4: we got the buyers back, and there was a little discussion in the chat about it. Some people thought because of how good she looked visually, she actually has the third best buyer speed figure. She only got a 91 for winning uh, the Juvenile Phillies turf there. Sorry, Aaron just joined us back again. Um, Aaron, you joined just in time because we're going to talk about your favorite race from the entire week or from the entire day here the Juvenile. Yeah. This is the one time that Magic gets to sit here and just.
0: Uh,
6: oh boy does it feel
0: good we should let magic take it yeah for sure you're the only person i gave you a little shit a little heat yesterday for being the only person that screwed up our overall consensus for jackie's warrior you're the one that screwed it up because you you played the horse by the way the horse won by the way the (laughs) horse looked unbelievable so magic you can take it Go ahead. You son of a bitch. You took away everything I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you did that on purpose. No, he looked great.
4: I'm actually a little surprised you didn't join me on this team, Jared, because you were a guy that famously fell in love hard with Max Field last year, who was a Godolphin homebred, won the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland, and was going to be your top pick at the Breeders' Cup.
0: This horse did the same thing.
4: Just a different trainer. What do you have against Dude, my boy, Brad I, Cox?
0: Better no, trainer? no, it's not that. I used... We played a contest with John, uh, and I used the I used this horse as well. Ja- I liked this horse a ton. Jackie's Warriors, why I did it because I just I just thought that horse was just gonna be better, um, you know. And another another instance where the the buyer and the, the speed figures failed, you know, you just you couldn't go off that. And so I really liked Essential quality dude. Props for for staying with that. Um, I just couldn't if if if. Jack, I mean, uh, he was my second best pick in the race. So, obviously, I would have picked him if Jack wasn't in the race. But, dude, when that when they hit the top of the stretch, I knew, like, oh, shit. We're in trouble here. So, uh,
4: you talked about the buyer speed figure thing and how that it didn't necessarily hold up. And I'm going to disagree with you because, actually, when we did the preview show for this, I said, if you look, he's buyers are exactly where Jackie's warrior are. And he's two starts behind. So, he's still further developing and then this morning i kind of put the nail in the coffin for you guys accidentally because i told you this stat that i'd heard where coming into this race 19 of the last 20 juvenile horses that ran a triple digit buyer and then made a next start as a juvenile 19 of those 20 regressed at least nine buyer points um jackie's warrior was was far away less more than nine points that he regressed here the only horse that did it was american pharaoh and so i said i mean. If he's American Pharaoh, he's going to win today. And that kind of put the nail in the coffin a little bit. Um, and yeah, you guys still bet him, didn't you, Aaron?
2: <laughs> okay, Dick, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is just. That's <laughs> hitting right, I'm, I'm glad I took that to you. That's yeah. hitting
3: right in the old balls, Magic. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
7: old
3: balls. Wait, wait, wait. Magic also had Princess Nor on top. <laughs> yeah, well. So we, 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 we let, let's <laughs> not break you know, too. <laughs> Let's not stray yeah. too far. The, the wire really hold up or not?
4: Oh, the what? wires definitely held up. Held up <laughs> no, in that spot too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a bad one. No, that was that was good. Ricky, shut up. You're on timeout. Aaron, keep talking, please.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Magic mute him. Watch up, out.
3: There's a point that I want to get after Aaron speaks. There's a point with Jackie's Warrior that I want to get to. That might be a similar path, and I want to see what you guys have to th- say about Rick, that.
2: Why don't you go first, and then I'll take it away.
3: <laughs> well, okay. Well, is this path is this path not similar Jackie's warrior to to the uh, magic and Mike Tis the Law loses uh, the Jockey Club and comes back highly touted, one loss. Now it's not the same race. I'm not saying he's highly as highly touted, but I'm saying we can. Look at this horse. I don't think Jackie's Warrior is the type of horse that people should be giving up on because of this start. That's that's my point. I'm not saying it's the same type of race, but I think a lot of people would say, "Oh, it's essential quality going to be this much better down the road." That's why I want to bring it to you guys. Is Jackie's Warrior horse that you want back when he takes that next year and he gets you'd assume more fit, more experience, more training? Or do you guys see enough from him after the start to say we're good? Uh, moving forward that that that's that was my point in terms of tis the law because the law got better obviously um and he's he struggled and he i remember listening to you guys on one of the magic mics and said he had one falter tis the law but you still wanted him back that that that's what i meant by the same path i'm not saying he because jackie's worry i'll make the cases more highly touted as a two-year-old than tis was it's possible i don't know you guys can backtrack it's just i wanted to know what you guys think of jackie's moving forward The horse was an odds-on choice. I just kind of want to see what you guys think.
2: Uh, Me? Me first?
4: Sure.
2: Uh, Yeah. Um, First of all, shout-out to my cousin Madison, 15th birthday today. So shout-out. Happy birthday to you, Madison. Um, (laughs) I hope you're watching right now. I think you are. So happy birthday to you. Hope you had a good day. So, Ricky, to your point – I kind of think essential quality will eat Jackie's warrior in the future. I really do, because I think as the distances get longer, essential quality is probably going to get a little better. And I, I don't know about Jackie. I think Jackie's really talented. I, I'm not like, let's throw Jackie's warrior away, you know. And I think, uh, you know, I looked at Jared halfway through the strat- – or halfway through the on, when they're on the backside, and I said, all the time to try and experiment for your first time trying to rate against the, the best field that you faced, you know. This is going to be a lot of fun. And it got to be a effing disaster. But you know, at the at the same time, the horse turned the corner, had the lead, and just couldn't finish. And and I think it was just the combination of the uh, it, I it really can't sit here and say it was a tough trip, it was just a different trip, something the horse wasn't used to doing. And um I also think you gotta give credit to essential quality, who I think is a pretty good horse. And you know, you look at the breeding and it's like, well, yeah, uh Frosted definitely. You know, we, we're going to be able to go mile mile and sixteenth, maybe a little bit better than Jackie's uh, breeding. But listen, I think this was the best horse that ran today for uh, uh, essential quality, and and I think the sky is probably the limit for for that horse right now. Um, that horse can run all day. Yeah, I that's think I think that's
6: a really nice horse for sure. I I bet Jackie's Warrior wins the Springboard Mile, goes <laughs> ahead and uh, <laughs> it, blows, it was- blows up as a favorite in a Derby prep and wins a grade 1 7 furlong race at Saratoga next year and is one of the top 3 choices in the Breeders' Cup sprint. I mean eventually what's going to happen is they're going to try and push this horse down the down the triple crown trail. will probably be drafted in the top 2 rounds of our draft and the horse then will end up being a sprinter by the end of the year. I mean I, I, I know I, well, it's funny
0: you say that because I was yeah. sitting here trying to think of the horse that he reminds me of as far as like what he turns into.
6: Mucho. A better version of Mucho. Uh, okay, he's, he's a, a way. Oh, <laughs> you know, well, I like version of
0: Shoplifted because shoplifted won. He's a no. That's a, no. He's a he's he's,
6: promises he's, he's fulfilled. He's, he's I said better,
0: way better. He's promises fulfilled.
4: He's better,
3: prom, he's he's better, he's fulfilled. better than
4: uh, shoplifted. Oh. No, no, no. I think Samich got it. I think he's promises fulfilled. Who would and you know who was able to? If you gave him a loose lead or a loose lead, yeah, that's yeah.
6: that's a grade one winner. As a three year old sprinting, who who is dangerous if it gets a loose lead going two turns, but it really needs everything its own way. And I think, you know, it's interesting. The mile and a half marathon race and this race had some similarities. You saw speed holding. And so jockeys just sent like crazy in both of those races. You saw a 48 half for a mile and five to eight. Five to eights? That's nuts. You saw this race where you had four horses lining up on the lead. None of them had a chance to end up winning. The five was able to sit right behind them, swoop around and get the win. I, I think this is one of those need the lead, has to be early or has to be in a sprint type horses. You know, who- from Vinny, there you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> you.
4: Independence Independence. Yeah. Uh, you know whose opinion
0: this year, by the way?
4: <laughs> yeah, Whose uh, who's opinion I really want to hear About this Is the man, the myth, the legend Joining us now
2: Oh, Naratoga Slim
4: is in the house what yeah. up, what Slimmy. Up. Slimmy, boy We're talking about the Breeders' Cup Juvenile You were just as excited about essential quality winning As I was because you had faith In the Brad Cox machine uh, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, sit
3: down, what are you doing uh, making the, He's making the bed That's what Brad Cox
7: late double That was the key Brad Cox late double. Uh, We've been talking about Brad Cox getting hot at the Breeders' Cup for weeks. Uh, Aaron, every podcast has said Brad Cox is going to get hot. Well, winning two out of five Breeders' Cup races is pretty damn hot to start off, and he has a lot of big shots tomorrow. So ride the Cox. (laughs) Wave <laughs> weekend. That's
6: the key. Easy there, wording.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's why. That's why Magic writes my headlines.
6: For you. <laughs> um, that, that's a good headline. Ride that
7: cocks, baby. Just ride them all weekend,
6: baby. Ride it. Ride the cocks all weekend. Hound it. <laughs> Hound that cocks all weekend. Hound that cocks.
7: Hound that cocks. Spirit, Hound cocks gotta,
6: all the other thing that the, the Brad Cox obviously laid double is a thing. You got to. I, I want to give Magic credit too. He talked about winners at keeneland winning a keeneland before that's back-to-back races where p- the previous race that they won was coming from keeneland as well so success over the track was another big angle that, that played out today did
7: you i guess you didn't read my article so in the guide so that's like i read i wrote that like 14 times in the guide i got through like hey horse is that a good word got, I got I got the big end. money <laughs> I mean, in his
4: defense, he was trying to, you know, he got through the first like six or 7,000 words, and then he had to, you know, go play the BCBC BC today. So <laughs> ride the cox. Hey, uh, Ryan, you've been a little quiet about this while we have our cox talk here. Uh, tell us about essential quality. So the trend from the Breeders' Cup guide that, that Jared put together, the 14 trends, has been that the winner of this race qualifies for the Kentucky Derby. So assuming we still have this in the first Saturday of May, is this going to be one of the Kentucky Derby favorites, Ryan?
1: I don't know if he'll be a favorite, but I do think there's a really good chance this horse makes the Kentucky Derby starting gate. And I, I wanted to point out some things that are just kind of interesting about the juvenile. When you look at this race and you kind of go back through the years, the best horse tends to win this race. Like I I was thinking the last time maybe a horse that won wasn't as good as the second place horse, in the, which used to happen quite a lot, like a Fleet Alex and Point Gibbon were second. And it seemed like there was a jinx there where, like, the best horse was the runner-up. But that sort of changed now was when Hanson beat Union Rags, right? But at this distance, Hanson was the better horse. But if you start looking at it, like, last year, maybe the worst Breeders' Cup juvenile I've ever seen as far <laughs> as talent goes, right? But that horse was the best horse in the field, Storm the Court. It really was. When you look back in retrospect, it, oh, it's, God, hard to say, right. it's hard to say that, right? Yeah. So I, I do think that the best horse won today. here's yeah. the, It's sad, but it's sad, but you know, the best horse won today. And this was actually a nice field. I do think that the favorite, (laughs) I do think the favorite finishing fourth is kind of testament to the depth of this field. And I do think there's one other thing with the Derby that I like to handicap. And it's this theory I have that like certain groups and trainers are destined to win this thing. And Godolphin seems like one of those, it's sort of unfathomable that they haven't won a Kentucky Derby when it's like the sun never sets on the dolphin empire and they've come close. Like Jared, your, your big horse, Maxfield last year. I mean, who's to say that horse wouldn't have won the juvenile and yeah. maybe gone on to win the Kentucky Derby. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from this. year. That was a crazy time and all that, but he was a spectacular looking horse. So, you know, one of these days, you've got to think that Brad Cox is somebody if you're riding the Cox, that's <laughs> might have a chance to be a winner of a Derby. And so one of these days, you got to think Godolphin does it. So the question is, you know, is this the horse to do it for them? They've got the money. They've they've got the depth. So I just want to hear what you guys think. Do you do you guys kind of think this is a connections that should win a Derby eventually? Because it's a very interesting horse, and he's clearly going to be the champion and favorite
0: at this moment. It's funny you you're the way you brought that up because I was reading the quotes and Magic. You probably saw this too because I sent them over to you. But you know, they interviewed uh, you know the managing partner, or whatever of Godolphin that was there today, and. And he even brought up Maxfield, you know, you could, you, there was a, there's a couple things that you, you can know that like the Maxfield thing was disappointing because I think they knew that they had a really good horse and that, like you, like you mentioned, that was their shot at a derby. And now all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we got another one here and this one might be even better. Um, and so, you know, I think you're right. I think they want the derby and he even alluded to it. It's like, you know, the, the highs and the lows, you know, we experienced it with Maxfield with the highs and the lows and now we've got this one. And so I think, you know, Derby is 1,000. I mean, Cox, ride The Cox, he even brought it up after the race like, Derby's the goal. You know, we're going to the Derby. Like, you know, that's what they want, obviously. So, yeah, this, you know, being a Tappet, too, you got to think his horse is only going to get better. Uh, he should develop, continue to develop, and obviously can keep, you know, distance will never be an issue for this horse ever. Um, and so, yeah, you, you got to think this horse is the real deal as they move forward and, and, and honestly could get better.
4: Well, you bring up the Tappet angle, Jared. Tappets are notoriously head cases, and that can sometimes be the biggest reason. That, I mean, Tappet himself was a head case, and that's a big reason why he didn't turn into a superstar when he was on the track. Um, but this horse seems very professional, and that, that literally, that word professional is all I've heard about Essential Quality since he won his debut. So this really could just end up being a big one. Yeah, I agree. I think he could be the next big trainer. if He's not already there. I mean, yeah. my big introduction to him was when Monomoy Girl became such a superstar. But remember, you talked about with Godolphin about how they haven't won the Derby. You know, eight months, nine months ago, Brad Cox had Mr. Monomoy, the half-brother of Monomoy Girl, and that was looking like, a potential Kentucky Derby horse. And so Brad Cox me. didn't get to have that because that horse got hurt. So you have multiple, uh, you know, the trainer, the ownership, uh, Luis Sia still hasn't won, um, or I'm sorry, not Luis Sia, I was Luis, uh, Joel Rosario. You know, they got all these, these connections that are trying to get to this Kentucky Derby and get it done, and this could finally be the chance that they all team up to do it.
1: It's, it's really, by the way, hard to believe when they said on the broadcast Steve Asmussen has never had a two-year-old champion colt. You know, considering how great and, and talented he is with horses and the amount of like just talent he gets. But that's another thing I just wanted to say right there was just like, it's- if you think about it, Asmussen, Chad Brown, Cox. These are guys that it's hard to think will go their whole career without winning one. So the question is just like, which of these horses is going to be it? And so what did you guys think? I mean, do you guys get this? What do you do with this horse going forward? Do you think he's a classic winner? Do you where do you where do you go from
0: here with him?
6: I think, I think it's interesting that, that Godolphin has spread out their horses so much. You see him with Stidham now. You see him with Baffert. You're starting to see him with Pletcher. You see him with Cox here. I think it's interesting that they're really searching for a derby by giving mm-hmm. their top horses to different trainers in different yeah. regions to yeah. try and just flood the derby with horses. Um, I, I think that essential quality is the best two-year-old we've seen. I think that we haven't seen the best two-year-old yet. I think we saw that this year. I thought, I think we saw that last year, where trainers are waiting to debut some of their best horses until their three-year-old season. So I think there's going to be a lot of curveballs that are coming early in the year next year. But like, this is a deserving champion. This horse did everything that you'd wanted it to. It was able to win the Grade One Breeders' Cup before this. Some monster effort in this spot. Um, so I, I don't see how you can possibly take anything away from this horse. And I, congrats to Sia's too. I didn't realize this. This was his first Breeders' Cup win today. Uh, which is kind of crazy too, because you'd think Luis Saez would have gotten one of these before, but this was actually his first Breeders' Cup win, and it comes in the Grade One Breeders' Cup Juvenile.
0: You know, and to your point, Matt, uh, to sum so uh, you know, the last five winners, like I mentioned in the in the Breeders' Cup trends, the last five winners of this race, Storm the Court, Game Winner, Good Magic, Classic Empire, Nyquist, uh, all went into the starting gate of the Kentucky Derby, and Nyquist is the only one of those that actually got it done. You know, and again, Good Magic probably would have without a freak or Game winner, winner too um yeah
6: it mm-hmm.
0: was so and yeah. to your point very well could be in the starting gate do have we seen the best horse maybe not the odds say this horse will make it to the starting gate no doubt
2: mm-hmm.
0: odds also say we might be seeing another you know a better one down the road
2: yeah that's the thing i mean when, when it comes to the when it comes to those horses that are coming out of this it's it's really a crap shoot and it really comes down to diddy peak too early, and then B, and this is really the most important one. Will they stay healthy? You know, I mean, you just never know. That's the wild card, obviously. Yeah, and, and the, we're we're so we're so early. You know, that we're we're in junior high school right now with this crop, and and we'll see what happens in high school and college. When when we get to when we get to uh, the derby, it's like college. You know,
6: and there's there's no way you can tell me Hot Rod Charlie and Classier are the two best three year olds next year on the West Coast. Hey. There's okay. Hot Rod
2: Charlie's Oxbo.
6: We talked yeah. about love Oxbow. How about how about this? Any pick you get in the first round, Aaron, you can auto draft Hot Rod Charlie and we'll give them to you. No.
0: <laughs> you know, but I do you love think Oxbow. you won the league this year and your pick was basically an auto draft this year. Yeah, true.
6: This would probably be better than your first round pick. Yeah,
0: true, that's yeah, true. <laughs> because it's by Oxbo and that horse is really
2: great. Can I can I say a real can I just do a real quick Brad Cox story? Because y'all don't know shit about Brad Cox. I know Brad Cox. I know him. <laughs> right.
4: Brad- Aaron knows Cox better than the rest of us is what he's trying to tell us. Go ahead, Aaron.
2: Better than me. Okay.
4: Okay. So Brad, Brad,
2: uh, he started with Midwest Throwback. Now it's Brad. <laughs> Brad. Brad and I are friends. All right. Listen. I've rode it baby Brad, once. Uh, Brad, tra- <laughs> Brad Brad trained a horse we had a piece of one five of them there you go they were all mules by the way <laughs> terrible job Brad my god <laughs> That's ben, story? Ben, ben, Brad and I go back a long ways <laughs> and then when I first started following Brad he had he was training for Midwest thoroughbreds okay and they had a huge conglomerate of horses all over the country and they condensed really small and they fired Brad okay? Mm-hmm. And I, my dad and I were following Oakland. Brad was training five thousand, ten thousand dollar claimers. All right, and we said, well, "Well, this Brad Cox guy, who's new on the scene, is done. He's done." Midwest Thoroughbreds literally like screwed this horse. He has two horses at Oakland now that aren't trained by them. And here he is today. So let me tell you something. Brad Cox really deserves a lot of credit because he he, a lot of guys like Chris Richard, for example, he he trained for Midwest Thoroughbreds and he's now training. At, Versus a Canterbury, and and you guys don't even know who Chris Chart is, you know I do because I watch every track, and well you
6: do too, Sam, because you you watch Canterbury. Five <laughs> percent takeout, baby. Kind yeah. of, exactly.
2: <laughs> but Brad Cox deserves a lot of credit, guys, because he was he was left for dead by Midwest Thoroughbreds, and here he is winning Breeders Cup races. I mean, it's really impressive. So uh-oh. not only is
0: he winning Breeders Cup races, he's like the
6: next. I, I think he's one of the best. Tra- you, you know, one of if not thing. the
0: best trainers in the
6: country. If you had the trainer bet, like you have the jockey bet at Kentucky Downs. You, Brad Cox would have been the favorite this weekend.
4: Absolutely. Seven to five, yeah. right? And if he wasn't, you would have just pounded the, the, the Cox train right there, right? Right. You would pound the <laughs> Cox as hard as you could. Yeah. So Aaron, what you that's a great story. I, you told me that b- before, but I'm glad that you told that. So Aaron is really good at, at figuring out wh- when the Cox is going to end up, you know, growing really big well before anybody else does. So um, <laughs> that's a really great story. Uh, Slim, we missed your, we, we, you had to drop out for a little bit there, but you're back with us. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, essential quality moving forward as a potential Kentucky Derby prospect?
7: Oh, I think you'll be the number one pick in the draft. I would imagine. I mean, he'll probably get two preps, and uh, one of them might be the Bluegrass because he's been so good at Keeneland. So he'll probably have to do something before then. Maybe he'll run in the, I don't know, Rebel because that's where Cox said. uh, Or maybe he'll do like the Risen Star. Risen Star is a 50-point race. Probably do a 50-point race. Risen Star or Rebel into the Bluegrass and then off to the Kentucky Derby. I mean – so you got you got to go with them, you know. I love I it. Slim's already play. got it mapped
6: out. Hey, I love it.
2: He ain't, going fair draft. Draft. he ain't going to fairgrounds. He's going to Gulfstream.
6: He's going golf Central.
2: Central quality
4: will be at Oakland, baby. He's going go to <laughs> Oakland, yeah.
6: I'll I put called my
2: right after the race. I said, "You bringing him to Oakland, baby? Come on." I mean,
4: Cox out. has strings
7: at both locations, so you know. He's
6: well, you got the you got the early finish line at Gulfstream for the mile and sixteenth for their first prep too. <laughs>
7: Holy Bull is worth 10 points So I don't think he'll be yeah. in a 10 point race If you draft him You gotta know he's not gonna probably be in a 10 point race It's just That's just how it is with a big horse like this I'm really especially a dolphin. I gotta bubble wrap him for the next three months You won't see him for a while
0: <laughs> what, the, what is it 20 points do you get for the the This race Yes twenty. Yeah so he
7: has 20 No he has 30 already because he won the uh, Breeders of so Security so he has thirty points. He's already in the gate in most years. So um, yeah, I mean, so we'll see him in run May. Run so he has
0: yeah. to wait. wrap his ass and get him to May. Or if That's they a D run, Wayne if,
2: Lucas quote, by the way, if they run <laughs> so. Dwayne Lucas used to say with his good two year olds, he said, "Well, they would the the media would come. Well, what's next for him? Well, first we're gonna wrap his ass in bubble wrap, and then we'll decide."
4: Anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. So we covered pretty much everything from Friday, at least as far as the race action. For me, when I listen to these types of shows, what I like to hear is what ex- what lessons can we take from today and move forward? For example, Mike brought up the fact that the West Coast horses really just had, didn't show up on Friday. Um, could you you know extend that out to Saturday? There was a little bit of talk at the beginning of the day that there was a definite speed bias on dirt. I think over the course of the day, you saw it play out that good speed held and cheap speed fell apart. Uh, but Aaron and Jared, I'll start with you guys because you were there. What lessons can the better take from Friday and apply that to Breeders' Cup Saturday?
2: Can I start on this one just real quick? Just and, and this is strictly from a person who was there and not. I'm not even analyzing data really. But the kickback on the dirt is something fierce. So I think you can close, but don't be inside of horses. I think you need to kind of be on the outside of horses uh i I think i think the weather is unseasonably warm like it's very warm here it's 70 degrees and it's usually 40 like it it almost snowed uh during american pharaoh's breeders cup in 2015 so i i seriously i'm being really very serious for a second here i've joked a lot on the show but i'm being very serious the kickback is really it's harsh on the dirt there's like dust after the race that's like hovering over the track almost right i'm not yeah, being no, stupid I,
0: I, I mean we talked about I, t- mm-hmm. I noticed it and we we kind of talked about that for like oh yeah i, I know i has been noticing that too it's mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that it, it seems like it's an, a little bit of an issue bless you
2: so maybe you can close maybe you can close on the stir but don't be on the inside taking that i think it's more of the kickback than the, oh this you can't close on this track you know what i mean i, I and obviously, you got the best horses in the world. So some of them are going to be able to take it, right? The the really elite horses. But if you're running a fifteen thousand dollar claimer and they get that kickback in their face, they're not they're not doing it. And a lot of these horses today, as juveniles, doing something for the first time, maybe they're in different positions. They're not going to do it either. But the kickback here is definitely it's it's weird compared to what I've usually seen at this track, and I think it is going to play a factor. Um, so take, take that for what it's worth, but those dirt races,
4: I'd be a little afraid. Uh, Jared, what about you? Did you feel the same thing about the dirt track?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because I noticed it earlier in the day, and I never really said anything. I was just kind of, he brought it up and said, yeah, I've been noticing that too from the dirt side of things. On the turf, I mean, I'm kind of with you. It, it seems like if it's it's good speed holds – you know, and and cheap speed doesn't. And I, I didn't, as the day went on, I, I found less and less trends on either side of, the, of it, frankly. Um, but as far as the dirt goes, I did feel like horses that were tucked inside and in, in getting a lot of that kickback, we saw it, um, you know, with in the in the Phillies, in the in the Phillies uh, side of things, on the juvenile Phillies, it was, you know, you 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 had an issue when they were tucked inside they, when she finally got out, she was able to make a run, but it wasn't enough, you know? So I think being inside horses behind horses, they don't seem to be liking it right now. And, and again, I don't think it's going to change tomorrow.
4: Mike, what about you? You were watching from a, from the racetrack, but a different racetrack. You were down to Gulfstream park to watch this. Uh, what I know you like to look for trends and biases in this, cause it's going to help you with the BCBC tomorrow. What are you taking away from Friday into Saturday?
6: I want no, no part of closer sprinting, not, not even a little bit. Um, I, I thought that was the, the early races you saw it was dominant. I, 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 that one turn of Keelan, the track is just not tiring, and, and that means that the speed is going to hold well. I mean, even in that mile and five-eighths race that I mentioned, we had a 53-to-one shot that set the pace, Dak Daniels. That horse held for third. Yeah, That horse sucks. It held for third. <laughs> yeah, And, yes, rocketry closed from the clouds, but it closed from the clouds wide. And had a good trip before that. i yeah, sorry. It does. I'm sorry. It does. No, you're right. <laughs> so the fact that that 53 to one shot, that isn't very good, that set ridiculous fractions, held for third, tells you everything you need to know about that track. And you saw in those first two races, early in the day in the undercard, speed was very good. And then Amy's challenge, I think, was one of the best examples. That horse was kind of washed. Like, right? And Amy's challenge didn't break on top. Rushed to the lead. Then kind of got it her own way and, and never even, it was never even close. She won easy after that. And, and the fact that Amy's challenge was able to do that tells me everything I need to know about sprinting on that track. If you're not within two lengths of the lead, you ain't winning. So,
0: so let p- me ask you, Samich, because I know right. you're, you're against, um, you're, He's kind right. of, you're kind of voting for the, the Bells of the One in the, the first Breeders' Cup race tomorrow. What do you, how do you, how are you kind of
6: game planning that race now? Is- I'm nervous. <laughs> um I. like you know i'm a little nervous uh it makes me think that like the the three horse in that race i can't remember her name right now someone help me out speech, speech. uh come dancing come dancing who's going to oh, be man. closer but going to be able to close now is more it's like kind of takes a step up a little bit sally's Curlin, big step back because of the track she's going to be coming from deeper than bells the one um now that that race may be the one like I'm still going to, and I know Aaron went and I went back and forth on this, I still think Ruana and Serengeti Empress burn each other out. And if those two burn each other out, then all bets are off because if they go 21-43-5, and five, who knows what happens, right? Then you may actually have a closer win because they're going to fall apart. It's just too fast. Um, but the way the track played, I think that Serengeti Empress gets a plus. I'm still fading Gerwana like crazy, but Saria Empress, I think, gets a bump up. I think that Come Dancing gets a bump up because she's going to be a little closer to the pace. And I think Speech gets a little more interesting if Speech has the early speed to keep up with those two. Um, So I definitely would want horses. They're going to be a little closer. And Sally's Curling, I think, is the big downgrade in that race now.
4: Well, he's talking about pace, and there's no one that knows pace better than Saratoga Slim. What do you think about the races from Friday and moving to Saturday?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think speed on the main track was holding. You know, I mean, so, uh, and even, you know, the turf, uh, there wasn't huge closing, I guess. I mean, if the, I mean, that, uh, Monster, you know, she could have won, and Pearl could have won on the front end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it was playing pretty fair because there was, there was a little bit, I think, it, I don't think you could be way far back. So we'll see. I mean, it could change from day to day, too. You know, that, that does happen sometimes. So you don't want to get too, crazy i think watch the first three races and see what happens i mean the philly mare sprint is such a mess i, I really i, I kind of tell everyone I, i'm kind of saying everyone should just not get too crazy about that race to start the day if there's one race you really don't want to di- just dip your toe have an action play because i don't know i just feel like it's really a screwed up race it's, it's tough to get a track just because of can mean and everything it's just really tough to get a hold on that race i think
4: and Ricky, you were one of the, the the top picks for the sprint. Came down to pretty much you either like Diamond Dupes on top or you like Yopan on top. You were one of the ones that had Yopan on top. We expect to see him running right up front, right from the get-go. Uh, do you feel better about your Yopan top pick in this race? Uh, and also talk about what you think about any trends to take over to Saturday.
3: Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about Yopan in a minute. The one thing I want to talk about, I think Slim touched on it. it they, Donna Brothers was out on the track and picked up of literal P a a chunk of turf. So we're talking about the two turf races. There's more moisture. I don't know if anyone had saw, had seen Churchill Downs. It had rained bad. Multiple days in a row. The, that, that turf course will not be firm tomorrow. And if they list it firm, it will not be. There will still be moisture in that track. And we look at if you, if we're gonna go back, I always like to relook at the card. Fire at Will broke um, his maiden over a, a muddy track, and on Pearl had some had a good race over good. Over a good track, good turf course. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. As to Slim's point, you still want it, you definitely want to be on the front end, I think, even more on the turf. Um, to Yopan's point, I think a lot of people are going to look at Nashville to start the car tomorrow and say, Speed, speed, speed. Nashville's a different animal. <laughs> <It's the best. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not look at Nashville and grade the rest of the car because a lot of people are going to do that. A lot of people that haven't looked into it like us or or just kind of opening the card for the first time at 9 a.m. or whatever, like, do not grade the rest of the day on Nashville's performance because Nashville might, it might be a paid workout. We, uh, that's kind of what we're expecting. Um, right. And as you're saying, right, free square, I mean, four to five on the morning line, I think a lot of us, probably all seven of us, would probably take that right now. So he's one to nine. <laughs> right. And, and right. And that's my point. So do, let's not overreact to, a potential gate to wire right. um, paid workout. For, so, overreact. Right. Yeah. But to your point, I do like Yopan. I think that's a massive upgrade. I think he was correct. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Three to one on the morning line. Um, right, right around there. The I, I, yeah. With, yeah, I yeah you're out. not going to see that. You will not see that. So, no. I know Samich is huge into looking at the overseas markets and doing things like that. If anyone had a chance to get Yopon and you booked it early, congratulations, because you will not be see, you will not be seeing that come tomorrow. So
6: um, it's funny you mentioned that. I might have been looking something up right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, see, because well, you're you're just not going to see it. I think between two to one fixed odds. Yeah, so it already right, it already dropped down. I don't even think you might get two to one tomorrow. I would assume not. I would say you're probably if you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I would say in that seven to five range you'd be lucky at eight to five, maybe six to five. So I'm just saying to your point, to answer the second part of the question, I think it's a massive upgrade for Yopon. I would long.
6: love I would love Yopon to go off at six to five. I picked him on top. I'd fade him at six to five. I think that's a little too short for that horse. And
3: that's the
6: point Four. too, right? Face anybody.
3: And, and that's the point too now. So now you kind of have to, I'm a big Yopon fan, but now you kind of have to look at it. as like, does he get too overvalued? Like to Samich's point, like, how, how much is he going to get hit now that you have to go back the other way? It's that fine balance where if you're playing win wagers, obviously that's still a horse you might want a single. Maybe you don't. Maybe you could find a price. But I'm saying if you're going to look at a win wager, that's, you're now going in the other direction to Samich's point because that horse will now get hit based on the trends, based on a scratch, based on whatever you're looking at. That horse will not be anywhere close to 3-1 to one on the morning line. So you might have to look in other directions if you're
6: going to play a win bet. Yeah, there's going to be value on closers tomorrow. But as Aaron says, it's only value if the horse wins. So you got to, <laughs> you got to kind of to, to walk that fine line because you're going to get a higher price than you should on some horses tomorrow because of the, the bias or the, the bias, right? Uh, but the, you know, you're going to get a better price on horses like Sally's Curlin tomorrow that you probably should get a better price, but you have to kind of figure out exactly where to tiptoe on that wire.
4: Mm-hmm. Ryan, I'm going to let the last question go to you here. Uh, uh, last uh, When we did the preview show, one of the questions I asked was, "Is uh, which trainer is most likely to throw up a goose egg?" And we all said, "Tough luck, Bob." He threw up a goose egg on Friday, and and everybody kind of thought that we we all kind of agreed that Princess Nora was his most likely winner, single winner on the card. Uh, Saratoga Slim with his his tough luck Bob uh, bobblehead there. Yeah, no, what's in his
6: hand there, Slim?
7: Triple
4: us <laughs> <laughs> Zoom in again. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Ryan, uh, Bob Baffert goes 0 for 2 today. Uh, he's got Camino in the Filliamer Sprint. He's got the three-headed monster in the Classic. Does Bob Baffert go 0 for 4 tomorrow with the Breeders' Cup Saturday and go 0 for the whole uh, the whole sequence?
1: Honestly, he he definitely could, but I will tell you this: I think you're you're much more likely to see Bob hit the board with something. I do because I just think if he doesn't, man, I would hate to be Bob Baffert. Got I would just hate him. to be he him the next the board. day. I, I'm just saying. I, I'm answering your question with a caveat. I I really think something's got to hit the board for Bob Baffert. I mean, what? How can you have this good of a contingent and nothing hit it? And it'd be like, well, I guess next time I'll try. That would be the That's gonna be a, a, an S storm, dude. I, I don't even know, man.
4: <laughs> well, and Aaron's gonna be right there with his phone, just recording the whole thing
3: when it happens too. Well, <laughs> it all blows down. So real quick, just to if, if you were if everyone's gonna fade Baffert, I'll ask Aaron because I know he's bad luck, Bob. How do you like yeah, to yeah. to Ryan to Ryan's point? How is he like? Someone's got to hit the board. Could you find horses that wouldn't between improbable, authentic, and maximum security? could we find three or four horses that are better than them? So I think he almost has to hit the board.
2: I'll say this. I, I I think I think the key to him winning tomorrow runs through Gamine. I think I think Gamine either wins or she's dead last. And I I I am towards the dead last side of it, 100%. But let's just pretend for a second at seven furlongs, this horse is just an absolute freak because she kind of looked at it in her other races. This is a much tougher race, much different setup. But we, we kind of talked – we thought Ann Pearl would get pressure, right? What if What if something happens and she's out there on her own and she wins? I mean, I, I, I think he has a better chance to win that race just because of the what-if factor. I just – I'm not sure his horses are good enough to win the classic. But to Ricky's point, and he's right, he has to hit the board in the classic, right? Like one yeah, of these yep. horses have to get up there. Yeah. The yeah. I'm thinking to give me
7: over Toms over Tacitus, the triple T's, trifecta.
3: Triple T's, baby. That's it. Triple T's, trifecta in the classic. You'd have to use by my standards. You'd have to as, as oh,
2: another he
3: one. With the T, though. Well. No, 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 no. I'm saying if you, to be to not use the T, you'd have to use by my standards and oh. say he gets uh, in there. You
6: could make a good case for Global Campaign. I thought he did a good job on our show. I think you could see oh, Global Campaign you. sprinkle up there into the, the try or even get Frisky. I tried it's to like, bet
7: Andy Serlin. I
6: said I'll take Tassos. You take Global Campaign,
7: and he said no. I like Tacitus. I said I'll take Tacitus. and I was going to bet him fifty bucks, and he said I'll take Tassos too. So I said all right. Thought I would get him on that
4: one. I only saw one side of that conversation because Andy blocked me a long time ago. when he
7: <laughs> I said something, Andy I, said loves something
4: me. Andy? I, I said something nice to the dudes once and then Andy blocks me. And then, you know, here we are four years later. So I went,
7: I went out for dinner with the dudes and Andy was sitting next to us with uh, Seth Clareman, right? Yep. What restaurant we were in. Yeah. And then we got up on the street and he's like, how you doing, Mike? I'm like, hey, what's up, Andy? These guys know me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> forget around town. So tomorrow, let's talk about tomorrow. Live stream. Are you guys going to do it or no?
2: Listen, I, I think we
7: could do it. The the thing is,
2: it's like Jared and I are at the track, so it's a different yes. dynamic. And Samich is working as well as he's yes. trying to fucking win a contest. So I'll host
7: it with I'm Ryan sorry, Magic. and
2: uh, so, Magic's
6: also working. I think. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well,
7: well, my Magic job is, is
6: recaps, big stakes uh, in woodbine tomorrow.
2: <laughs> listen i think, I think
0: ryan <laughs> ryan
3: and
2: slim
0: and ricky should be on if ryan right.
3: i can yeah. get the high schoolers i can on. get the high school and college kids on i'll bring right. that i'll bring that demographic the sick right. i'll bring like the 15 through 21 year old
7: people
0: slim can you handle hosting
7: well, you guys have to show me how to do this. <laughs> yeah. You have to give yeah. me the, the right That's to like, host the thing. But, you know, I'll be crazy. I got You should see the setup. I, setup. I got a crazy setup. I have six screens in front of me right now. Actually, seven screens if you count my phone. Yo, I'm going to have the craziest fucking yeah. Reader's Cup telecast ever. I'm going to be talking. I'll get it. We'll get mad guests. I'm going to invite random people I know off Twitter to join.
6: <laughs> I got a few Question: Did anyone watch the the like solo horse cameras today on TVG? I would, I didn't get to see it because I was watching the, the Keeneland feed. Did anyone see it? Was it cool? Was it was it? Was Ricky it nice? talked about it earlier. So
3: yeah, I got I watched the entire thing on my laptop. Obviously, I watched on the big TV with um, TVG. But then I went through all the jockey camps. I thought it was, and I was saying before I think it was the best thing that the Breeders' Cup did. I didn't know if they had it in the past, but just obviously two percent of the people there five percent whatever it is a lot of people aren't it was great they had jockey cams they had a little vr cam if you have those go- vr goggles it was great and there then you know. i assume they're going to do it again tomorrow um if anyone's watching or is going to tune in i definitely recommend you try all those options out for at least one race and check them all out you literally are you're watching a jockey cam and it, it's it, it's awesome if you're into that type of stuff so um <laughs> yeah they have they have everything
1: I'm just right. laughing because could you imagine you're on a date with a girl? You're like, "Hey, I'm into these uh, jockey cam kind of. that
0: kind of guy." <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. I, was, oh, I was okay. gonna, like, like we were talking about the classic, and and, and one of our uh, our buddies and 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 does and works with the ten strike or owns ten strike. Marshall Graham oh, put self. put out on Twitter the, it was the classic classic distaff and turf uh, that based off the two day doubles, and it's basically the. What the odds are based off of those doubles that we're seeing right now? Uh, Tom's the odd, the favorite at two point six, and uh, probable at three and a half. Tis the Law three and a half. Max Security's at five seven and a half or seven almost eight seven point eight. To authentic. Uh, those are your top choices there by my standards. And the rest down. Um, yeah. but I'm
7: scared. Tom's scared is twenty to one. I'm scared. His test is twenty to one. And I need him to get down to 16-1 to 1 so that the bet I made with somage two months ago. <laughs>
6: for some value, some race day value.
7: Yeah, race day value. <laughs> I just need him to get to the same odds <laughs> I got on him two months
6: ago. Well, hopefully Vinny has a good undercard so he bets way too much on him to win and fluctuates it down oh, for you. Yeah, it. maybe if
7: Mott wins every race, he'll go down.
0: <laughs> yeah, All like right. it's, it's super interesting to see Tom, I feel like, getting hammered right there. I don't believe that. I still believe Unprobable will be the favorite, but – uh, if, 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 if tough luck Bob continues to have a uh, tough luck tomorrow, maybe he won't be. All, All
6: right. Can I do this? practice.
7: Can I practice? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I can share the screen. Can I hold on oh, one
3: second?
7: <laughs> can I do this like this?
3: Hold on. Hold there needs, to, there needs to be a tutorial for tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm
0: prepared to teach. So oh, this is a long night.
3: Goodness, hey, I'm sharing
7: the screen, but is it showing up?
4: No, you got to scroll down. The uh, <laughs> you have to scroll down. You look, I'll tell you later, Slim. <laughs> here, this <laughs> is, this is what Slim is trying, know, to trying to share.
7: So, look at this, you know. I got the welcome, I'm not gonna go any further, and then you know, I could zoom in, dude. I got crazy screens, you don't have to understand.
4: You don't uh, want to no. give away the entire guide like I did on our last I'm show. Everything,
3: everything <laughs> this
7: over here. I got Twitter up. It's
4: going to be amazing. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> All I
2: right. hear my Irish story?
4: Yeah. Well, yes, we're going to get to that. I, I oh. want to do, we'll do one last thing. I just okay. want you just give a one or two word answer. I want to hear from each of you. Your best bet, your mortal lock for Breeders' Cup Saturday one horse, one race. Aaron, start things off. Mm. Aaron's not ready. Mike, go ahead.
6: <laughs> I mean, chalk eating weasel Mike says mine, my girl, but that's not fun.
4: Nope, that was it. I said one horse, one race. Jared, go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, that was, was going to be my answer, too.
6: I mean, she's going to win. Up. It's just not fun.
0: <laughs> you can double up. Um, Give me a second. All
1: right.
6: Jared's
0: out. Ryan,
4: how about you? Who's your lock tomorrow?
1: Well, I uh, I was going to go Swiss Skydiver, but I don't think she's a lock, but I just can't take Monoboy Girl. I can't. Someone's got to beat the cocks. Someone's well, got
0: to beat that cocks, man. Beat the
4: cocks. So, Ryan, Ryan hates it? cocks. Uh, Ricky, how about you? Yeah, Yo, Pawn. Yalpan, All right. Ricky going with Yalpan. Slim, who is your mortal lock tomorrow?
7: Mortal lock. I'm just trying to look at my article here. Give me a second. All right. Slim's not ready. Aaron,
4: Aaron, are you ready
2: yet? Go ahead. Listen, Monomoy, sure. How about Tarnawa? I'm going to go Tarnawa. Even with the jockey change. Listen, I have never even heard of this person that's
3: writing. Wait, can we talk about Magic? Let's talk about that story. Remember when I said I didn't know who that was and I thought his last name was Simeon, like Trevor Simeon? Oh yeah, I was like, who is this guy? And you're like, yeah, you weren't gonna get it anyway. I, I yeah. looked up every French jockey in the history of French jockeys, still couldn't get him. So uh, it's good to know I'm not the only one. Didn't, <laughs> well, didn't know who we were. Hey,
4: Colin Keane is going to be replacing Christophe Sumian on Tarnawa. Uh, he is one of the. He was the Irish champion flat jockey in 2020 and also 2017. So. Um, I think he knows a thing or two about that, but it's gonna be a little interesting. Uh Jared. He like he's
3: 12 years old, by the way. But
4: can well, he- he, yeah, he's he's Irish, yeah.
3: No, I think he was talking about me.
7: <laughs>
0: no, he, he, he <laughs> oh, said, I got a lock. lock. Oh. <laughs> I got a lock. slim got a lock. Nick, Nick's go
7: tomorrow. Nick's go. I'm gonna go with the the horse of the year.
0: Brad Cox. His dog baby. <laughs> Slim, Slim's all in on the lock. There we go. I mean, is
6: isn't Nashville the lock? Really, if we're all being honest?
0: No. Oh,
3: I thought we were a non-breeders.
0: I thought as we were doing Alderman, breeder stuff. As Altman so eloquently put it earlier to me, that horse could fall down, take a nap, pick, get back up, then carry the jockey. Then the jockey could carry him, and the horse would still win. Mm-hmm.
6: I'll give you 10 to 1 on that.
0: <laughs> all
4: that. But. Uh, well... Listen, everybody is loving this conversation. Thank you guys so much for we've been joining us. It's been over an hour and a half. We really appreciate you hanging out with us on Breeders' Cup Friday. Listen, the fun just started. We've got all of Breeders' Cup Saturday still to go. So go to racenews.com. We have the previous for the distaff. The classic in one other race i can't remember what else did i write about i don't know go find it it's on race while you're there there's still time if you didn't get it if you didn't buy it yet the inside track wagering guide to the breeders cup is available still for sale so make sure you check that out all of the insight all the conversations the fun stuff we gave you here it's all right there plus all of our top four picks uh gentlemen any final words before we close things out and get ready for saturday
2: okay can this be my story time? or are we? This, was, my this was me.
4: set This was me setting you up for your story time. Yes.
2: Oh yay! All right. So we were at a bar called McCarthy's last night, in, in downtown Lexington, and every Irish person, like from overseas, like that were coming in for the horses, were were there. It's an Irish bar. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so we sent Dr. Miranda, and we said, find out who those people are because they were all like five one. So it's like, yeah, they're jockeys or exercise riders, one of the two, right? And so Dr. Miranda goes in and she finds out. She's like, oh, yeah, they're they're with Aiden O'Brien. They're with uh, this guy, this guy, this guy. They go down the trainer list, right? And so uh, one dude, um, I see him later in the night. I was like, hey, Dr. Miranda, talk to you. It's like, yeah, he said. she said you had a website. I was like, yeah, so we talked for a while. He said, here's the deal. This is all you need to know about the European horses coming over here. He said battlegrounds really good. Well, ran second, shitty ride or could have won, maybe, but ran second. So I I, I think it checks out that this is pretty good information. He said, Tomorrow, Mogul, don't leave yes. Mogul off a ticket. Do not leave Mogul off a ticket. Magical world class horse. We'll see what happens. Turn on a lot. That was the three. That was the three that he said. He said, and he also he also said a lot about horses that would run shitty today, and most of them did. He was like Mighty Gurkha, I'm gonna walk that horse in the paddock. He sucks or she. I don't know what he is. And then like <laughs> all these other horses, like they're they're we're, we. Battleground's the only horse you need to worry about today, is what he said. And guess what? Battleground was the only one that really ran
7: really good. Yeah. Right? The three um, horses you just gave out are all in the same race. So that And definitely...
3: they're all good, but we knew they were good. Though, <laughs> we? and they're, gonna, they're gonna be the top three choices. Yeah. Didn't we know they were gonna <laughs> be? <laughs> <to me?
7: laughs> magic, you, so like, like I was throwing magic. like. Yo, Matt, he's a 20 to 1 shot you're in the fucking person! Mute
0: them right this now. Is breaking news, guys. These horses are
2: three class horses in the whole <laughs> Irish bar. Nobody cares what Slim and Ricky has to say about these Irish horses. I heard it from an Irishman.
7: An Irishman. Right. That man. Makes sense. I watched this tape on, I watched it, I watched the guy on video. This guy's actually touching the horse. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Slim.
3: Please. He gave us a Can five to the story. Can five to two, six to one, and four to one.
2: All Can the I three story?
4: choices. Can I please finish my story? You may now finish oh. your story, yes.
2: Right after he talked to me, he fucking he passed out. He just he he was, he took two, <laughs> two steps and he did Thank you so much for coming to No problem. I'll check out your website. Sap Sap Fam. Face first. Face first. Oh I my saw He's He's got got him. Was he
7: bloody? Oh, so bloody. So
4: bloody.
7: Uh,
4: that was so oh worth my. the wait. That was so worth the interruption, the wait, and then we get to the end of the story there. Uh, Jared, uh, any last thoughts before we get to Saturday, buddy? Uh,
0: no, I mean, just I, I can't really top that. So uh, nobody can tune in tomorrow. We'll do this again after Saturday's uh, One, two, big action. Uh, maybe it sounds like Slim and uh, Ryan and and Ricky, and maybe let's see if we get Vinny on to do some some uh, hosting during the racing. So. You know, just check. Make sure you subscribe to Racing Dudes, uh, all the social accounts, so you can get alerted when we go live. Uh, But uh, no, I mean, I mean, I'm excited for tomorrow. I think the big money's to be made tomorrow, so I'm excited. Perfect, Slim. I know you're excited for your big hosting
7: debut tomorrow. Any last thoughts? Yo, join us. I think we'll start around 1 (laughs) p.m. Should be the plan. Uh, We won't cover the Philly Mayor Sprint. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or the turf sprint, but we'll come right on for the dirt mile. What do you think about that? Or you want to go on at noon? Because it's 9 o'clock for Ryan. I don't know.
1: Ryan, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you guys are welcome to. I might all not be up yet, but I can <laughs> all right
7: Alright, so we'll wait to we'll 1 to get Ryan on. And what about you, Ricky? Are you down?
3: Yeah, 5 hours is a little long. I could do 1. Yeah,
7: that's what I was thinking. 5 hours could be a little long of a show. Maybe. So 1 to 5.15 might be enough. <laughs> And then, do
4: and then do two hours, do hours on this later. <laughs> Four
3: and a
7: half hours might be enough. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're we can, we we're we're could. We could do. We don't have to do the turf. Well, well, uh The Philly and Mayor turf is at one fifty-seven. So maybe we could do
1: that. What time's the classic on? Is it five fifteen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be on the classic.
7: You just want to come on for the classic? Yeah, we we'll two we'll minutes come, before we'll that. Come on
1: at five.
7: <laughs> I'm going to host my own show by myself. <laughs> You no, no one's coming for my commentary, Slim. They're not like, oh,
1: let's... <laughs> High school kids don't know
7: are not I like make no my either. bets the whole day. One, all two. <laughs> you might. <laughs> imagine if you turn into a beautiful mind, you'll be seeing all my bets come to fruition. I'd be like, <laughs> oh my god, I just thought of a trifecta box that's gonna blow his fucking brains <laughs> out. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Imagine though, uh, guys, stop. Just a second. Let's be serious. Imagine you've talked to a guy for half an hour, right? And he's sitting right next to Christoph Simeon the whole night, and then he's in my face talking to me. I got COVID now. And then you talk to the guy,
7: and he goes one, two, bam, right on the floor. Yeah. Slim, he has COVID. Are you, are you worried? I'm. I'm worried that Aaron has COVID now. Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh no. You guys were not wearing masks at this bar, supposedly.
2: No, not at the bar. We didn't know. Shocker.
7: <laughs> <laughs> if you they should be to shutting bar... all this shit down, it's ridiculous. Yeah, see, people in New York, cases, and New to thirty cases, thirty thousand cases in one day.
0: <laughs> if you walk Whatever, this bar, man, not know COVID was a thing.
7: We're all gonna get it eventually.
4: <laughs> anyway, all right. Vinny says he's gonna join, so we'll see everybody back. Well, like Jared said. Nice. Follow the Racing Dudes on all of the socials. Make sure that you're you're paying attention because who knows what the hell is going to happen. I don't ever know two seconds into this show what's going to happen. Thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, Make sure you go to Racings.com. We'll have all the recaps available and the rear screenplays. And, hey, guess what? If you had fun listening and watching us do this, we're going to come back and do the same shit tomorrow night. So uh, for Aaron Halterman, for Jared Welch, for Mike Somich, Saratoga Slim, Ryan Slim, and Ricky Pasternak, I am Magic. Thank you so much. Enjoy Breeders' Cup Saturday. Catch some tickets. We'll see you guys next time.
1: Racing dudes.com for all of your needs. Racing dudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. Racing dudes.com for all of your needs. Racing dudes.com for all of your leads. Racing dudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>